0: You're listening to Equip to the Preaching Ministry of First Baptist Dry Prong in Dry Prong, Louisiana. Today we continue looking at Christmas characters and we made it to Mary, the mother of Jesus. Thank you for listening and I hope you enjoy. I'm excited to share with you today, if you have your Bible, and I hope you do, I'd like you to turn to Luke's Gospel, Luke chapter 1 this morning. If you don't have a Bible, there's one in your pew you can use. Uh, That's a a Christian standard Bible, I believe. I'm preaching from the New King James this morning. I want to begin by sharing with you a story, a big event that happened in my life. It's hard to believe it's been over 20 years ago. I suppose the year was about 1999. I don't think Y2K had happened yet. I have an uncle from southern Mississippi. That's where my mom's family is from. And uh, my uncle, he told us growing up about how he knew this football player. And uh, nobody knew who this football player was because he played for the Atlanta Falcons when I first knew him, and uh, we didn't care about that. But as time went on, that name started sounding familiar because he got a job with the Green Bay Packers, and that quarterback's name was Brett Favre. Now, if y'all don't know who Brett Farr is, Brett Farr has been in three Super Bowls. He was the MVP of the league three times. He defeated every single team in the NFL. And my uncle knew him personally, so personal, that he moved to Green Bay, Wisconsin, and worked with him and his wife, Deanna. Well, one Thanksgiving, my uncle invited me and my sister and my, my mom, his sister, up to Green Bay, Wisconsin to have Thanksgiving up there. And to go meet Brett Farr, got to go in his house. And I'm a teenage boy at this point, and I want to tell y'all, this was being on cloud nine for me. I don't know what I thought, but I'd only seen uh, Brett Farr on TV, and I was nervous meeting this mountain of man. Well, it just so happened we got there on a Sunday night and I was going to meet Brett Farr in his house that Sunday night. And on that Sunday, uh, it was early in the year, and I watched on TV as he played at home and he just got pounded. It was a horrible loss. He got his hand hurt. And I just remember thinking, oh man, of all the times I get to meet Brett Farr, he's going to be in a horrible mood. This is just going to go horrible. But I went in his house and I discovered, much to my surprise, that Brett Favre was a man just like any of you. We sit there and we watch sports commentators give him a hard time and he laughed it off. And he said, yeah, it was a bad day, big deal, whatever. I saw him get angry over political matters. And you see, what had happened, I had spent most of my childhood, my adolescence years, watching and having this image forced into me about who this man was without really knowing him at all. I had elevated him to a status, great football player, true, but at the end of the day, just a man like me or you. We've been going through Christmas characters here at First Baptist Drive Prompt for the last month, and we've looked at Herod the Great, we've looked at Elizabeth, we've looked at Zechariah, we've looked at the innkeeper, we've looked at Joseph, we've looked at wise men, we've looked at the shepherds. Today we get to a character to where unfortunately many of us uh, have looked at her and have been told things about her that is just not true. And that character is Mary. Mary is central, central to the Christmas story. Without Mary, there would be no Jesus. Jesus and Mary shared, uh, shared a residence together. He lived within her womb for nine months. Jesus shared her DNA. But unfortunately, many of us have been told things about Mary that's just not biblical, that's just not true. And today, what I want to do as we look at the character of Mary, I want to point point to you five things that we know from this text about Mary. Five non negotiables about Mary. The text I'm going to read is in Luke chapter 1. I'm going to read verses 26 through 35 at first, before she conceives. And then I'm going to read the latter part of the chapter after she conceives what's known as the Magnificat, Mary's song. So let's start in Luke chapter 1, verse 26. It says, Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin, betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary, And will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I do not know a man? And the angel answered back and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And there is now, and this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Verse 38, Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. It's an amazing story. I get excited every time I read it. And I can only imagine what this young lady must have been going through. So I want to walk through some things. And I want to tell you what we know about Mary from the biblical text. The first is this. It's very simple. And we see it right up in verse 27. That Mary was young. In verse 27 It says, uh, To a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph. A young lady in an arranged marriage. This is important that you understand this this morning, that Mary was young. Betrothal could occur for young Jewish women at this point in time, as young as 12 years old. So at this time, Mary was likely no more, no more than 15, probably closer to 13, which was the normal age for betrothal. Church, can you just imagine, for a moment, being thirteen years old and being told that you are going to give birth to the Savior of the world? I just, I, I just, I can't even comprehend it. The emotions she must have felt, the the inadequacy she must have felt. But there's an important truth that I want us to realize in this this story that about her age, is that young people can be used mightily by God. Teenagers, I, I want to tell you today, I encourage you to look at Mary. When you're young, when you're a teenager, when you're a young adult, when you feel God is calling you to do something... When you feel something out of this world is pulling you to make a decision, I want to encourage you to consider Mary and realize that if God Almighty called a teenager to give birth to Jesus Christ, you should not be surprised that God may be calling you as a young person to do something as well. Yes, teenager. Yes, young person. God could be calling you to share your faith with a friend. You shouldn't be surprised that God would ask you to do such a thing. Yes, teenager, God could be asking you to share the gospel with a lost person, with a stranger. Yes, teenager, young person, God could be calling you to share your testimony. Give me a call. I would love to arrange that and let it happen. God may be dealing with you to surrender to ministry, to serve on a mission field. God called a young teenager like Mary, and God still calls young people to make a big, big difference. He did it with Mary. He did it with Jeremiah. He did it with Daniel, with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, with David. God delights in using the young. Older people, when we look at this truth about Mary And I include myself in this because I am 40 now after all. We should look at Mary. We we should consider all I've just said. Something we do that I do today, we tend to lump every single teenager in a category. We lump every single young person under the name Gen Z. Before we do that, before we think every teenager is the same, before we say that every teenager spends so much time on their cell phone or too much time on social media, that every teenager is woke, maybe we should look at Mary and realize that the teenagers we come in contact with every day, every Sunday morning, every Sunday night, every Wednesday night, maybe we should look at them and see somebody like Mary. These are the ones that could make a huge difference in the years to come. Oh, church, when we look at Mary and we think about her in her teenage years, Mary could use the prayers of her peers. We should pray for our teenagers. We should pray for their leaders. We should pray for Benita, for Tristan, for Lane, for myself, everybody involved in youth ministries. We should encourage our teenagers. We should tell them when they're doing a good job. We should correct them when they're, when they're going astray. And we should lead by example in front of our teenagers. And we should do everything we can to disciple our teens. Because you see, when I read the text, and when I read the Bible as a whole, Whether it be the characters I just talked about or or Timothy, who Paul said, don't let anybody despise your youth. I find that God is in the young person using business, the teenager using business. And I want to work with God and not against Him. And part of that is realizing that God uses young people. Mary is but one example of that. The second truth I see written all over Luke 1 and Luke 2 is that Mary was human. It's sad that I would even have to say such a thing, but I believe maybe because of movies, maybe because of manger scenes, maybe because of faulty church doctrine, many times we forget this truth, that Mary was human. Unfortunately today, there is a lot, a lot of people out there who call themselves believers, but view Mary as being more than blessed among women. Some view her as a deity herself. Some view her as, as a being of worth being prayed to. There have been some to suggest that Jesus was her one and only child, something the Bible does not indicate. There have been some to suggest that that Mary herself was immaculately conceived. And some even suggest that Mary has a resurrected body like Jesus himself. Something you will not find anywhere, anywhere in the Bible. Which is why you need to be careful when you read your Bible. You read what is inspired and errant and true and not what somebody says about the Bible. When we read this... Just in the verses I've read, we see her humanity all over the text. In verse 29, Gabriel had to say, don't be afraid, Mary. She was, she, she was troubled in verse 29. And Gabriel said, don't worry about it, Mary. You're favored. If Mary was immaculately conceived, if Mary knew this was coming, she wouldn't have been troubled. She wouldn't have been afraid. She would have been waiting for this day, but she didn't see it coming. In verse 47, that we're going to read in just a little bit. She says, My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. Church, I want to ask you today, who needs a Savior? A human needs a Savior. Humankind needs a Savior. Mary wasn't human. She wouldn't need a Savior. In verse 49, she directs her worship Toward God Almighty saying holy is his name. Not holy is my name. A few chapters later in Luke 11. Jesus, her son, Jesus himself affirmed her humanity. Someone approaches Jesus in Luke 11. And says blessed is the womb that bore you and the breast that nursed you. And Jesus said more than that. More than that, yes, she's blessed. But more than that, blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. Jesus equates us that hear the word of God and keep the word of God the same as Mary. Mary was human. It's not to take away from Mary. Mary was blessed. She's the only woman that carried the very son of God in her womb. Mary was there at His birth, and Mary was also there at His death. Mary was there at His resurrection, but at the end of the day, she was human. Jesus was her Son, that's true. But Jesus was more than her Son, Jesus was her Savior. Mary was human. And I believe Mary recognized that, unfortunately, many of us don't. Well, that brings me to the third thing. And this Mary was humble. Mary was humble. When I read this, I see a young lady that, that doesn't boast, that doesn't uh, go and tell other people. I see humility all over Luke 1 and Luke 2. You see, for hundreds of years, there's a, a quiet inner testimonial period In hundreds of years, the Jews are awaiting their Messiah. And the Jews know that this is going to be a, a, a great person and that somebody is going to give birth to this person. And Mary has the news that it is her duty to give birth to the Messiah. Yet she doesn't laud it and she doesn't really celebrate it amongst her peers. She accepts it and she accepts it in humility. You see, in, at least in two places, she calls herself a maidservant. It's in verse 38 that Mary said, behold, the maidservant of the Lord. Maidservant its the female word "dulais." lace. It means to lay your rights down, to be a servant, to be a slave of the Lord, saying, here I am, Lord, do with me what you will Essentially, at verse 38, Mary's laying her rights down, even her very body. Here I am, Lord. I am your servant. Take my life and let it be all for you. Verse 48 in the song, like I said, we're going to read in a minute. She calls attention to her lowly state, her humble state. Me personally, when I read about Mary, what the Bible says. I believe Mary would just be appalled that people would pray to her. Because quite plain, quite plainly, I don't even have to interpret it or dig down deep, she considered herself a servant, a slave to the Master, not a master. Oh, that we would all be like Mary and be humble. Humble enough to realize that Christ is the Master And we are the slaves. Humble enough to follow Him. Humble enough to be used by Him. Humble enough to follow Him every step of the way. See, when you're as humble as Mary was humble, you become willing and you become able to be used in a mighty, mighty way. Mary was humble fourth thing I want to share with you this morning is that Mary was willing. Mary was willing. And there's one verse in this that sticks out to me more than the rest as I was studying this week. My prayer for all of you is that you would be as willing as Mary was willing. I'll read verse 38 again. Look 138. Then Mary said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. I put that verse in your bulletin. And I I think about it. Those words, may it be done to me. Or in my translation, let it be to me. In my mind, I believe that's some of the most powerful words in the whole Christmas story. Think about it. We, We just said Mary's human and Mary's young. Mary's betrothed. Mary is a virgin. and She's put in an awkward state and she says those words. Let it be to me, Lord, whatever you want. Think about what that means. Yes, let it be. Let it be. I will be a pregnant, betrothed virgin. I'm not going to be able to explain this. My parents may disown me. My my betrothed, Joseph, he may send me packing. And everyone is going to think I'm an adulteress. They're going to think I'm a harlot. They're not going to believe me. They're going to think I'm crazy. But I'm your servant, Lord, so let it be. Yes, Lord, let it be. I'm a teenager. I'm not a priest. I'm not like my my cousin Elizabeth who's walked this life for years. I don't have the the deep understanding of the Word like other people I know. There's so much that I don't understand. But if you see me fit to raise the Son of God, even though I've never had children and I don't know anything about this, if you see me fit to do this, then yes, Lord, let it be. Of all the people in the wide world, I don't know why you would choose me, but I know you did, so let it be. You see, Mary was willing when she had plenty, plenty of excuses not to be. She could have used the excuse that she was too young. She could have used the excuse that she was not experienced. She could have used the excuse that she was not educated. She could have used the excuse that she was not married. And down and down and down the list it goes. But she was willing. I want to just ask you this morning, church. What is your excuse for not being willing? When God calls, when you feel the Holy Spirit knocking at the door of your heart, our first response is usually an excuse. I'm not old enough, I'm not ready, not educated, I'm not experienced, not even been married yet, I don't know anything about this. Mary wasn't educated, she wasn't experienced, she wasn't married, she didn't have technology, she didn't have the same freedoms we have today, yet we see in her a willing heart. Let it be. A week from tomorrow, we are going to celebrate our Savior's birth. And I don't know about you, but especially having a four-year-old and a six-year-old, I go to a lot of birthday parties now. And when I go to a birthday party, unless we forget it like we did last week at Samuel's, Usually we go bearing gifts. That's what we do. We give gifts for parties. My hope for you is when you celebrate Jesus' birthday this year, what do you give somebody that's got everything? I think you could honor this Savior by being willing to be used like Mary was. Willing to... Go where He goes to do what He says do. Willing to give Him your life because He gave His life for you. That's what happened when the angel told her she was going to conceive. All this happened before she conceived. So sometimes she she conceives, the Holy Spirit comes upon her. She makes the the trip to uh, go see Elizabeth. John the Baptist leaps in the womb of Elizabeth. We read that a few weeks ago. And then she she has conceived and then we read one of the most beautiful passages in Scripture called the Song of Mary. Or your translation might have a headline saying something like the Magnificat that's from the, the Latin, the Song of Mary. There's been much debate over music in the last few years, contemporary hymns, choir, whatever. But if you want to know what a true praise song looks like. If you want to know what true praise looks like, then you need to look no further than Luke one forty six through 46-55. And in this passage, I believe what we see is that she is dedicated. That's what I'm going to leave you with, Mary's song, and that she's dedicated. So let's read the song. Luke one forty six through 46-55, it says, And Mary said, My soul... her about three months and returned to her house. This song of Mary, if you read it and you're a student of the Bible at all, you see many, many deep theological truths in here. Promises from the Old Testament that few of us today, if we're being honest, would really know. It's really reminiscent of Hannah's prayer. In first Samuel 2, when she gives thanksgiving for being pregnant with Samuel. But with so, so much more. And here's the thing, as I read it, I'm just in awe that somebody as young as 13 would know the Scriptures like she would. I'm not going to go through it all, but I'll share this. Skip Heitzig, a pastor I'll follow, he studied this. And he discovered that there is no less than 15 scripture references in this prayer or psalm. Mary references the law. She references the prophets. She references the psalms. And it's just truly incredible because you see, we get so spoiled today. Even if all I had was this nice study Bible, I've got a concordance in it, and I've got all that stuff, but Mary didn't have that. She had no library. She had no internet. She had no concordance. She had no cell phone. She's just a teenager who evidently loved God and loved God's Word. You see, dedicated believers love God's Word and study God's Word. And Mary did this even as a teenager. We see that Mary not only knows the word, she knows theology. It's incredible really when we ponder these things. Churchill never ever regret spending too much time in God's Word. There's probably other things we could say about Mary, but we know these five for sure. She was young, she was human, that she was humble, that she was willing. And that she was dedicated. I encourage you. I encourage you today to find the joy. The joy that Mary had. It's the third Sunday of Advent. And we see in the song right there in 46. My soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. I hope you'll look at Mary and I hope you'll find the joy she had. I hope we can put all this together and learn from Mary. Mary was the kind of woman, the, the kind of person really, that God seeks to advance His kingdom. In this chapter, we see that, that Mary shows us that you can't be too young. Elizabeth and Zacharias shows us that you can't be too old. God can choose you. God can use you, but these last three things are essential, that you be humble, that you be willing, and that you be dedicated. Are you these three things this morning? Thanks for listening today. I hope you enjoyed the message. I hope you understood. I hope you'll remember these truths about Mary, that she was young. That Mary was human, that Mary was humble, that Mary was willing, and that Mary was dedicated. I hope you all have a great week. I hope you'll come join us for worship here at Dry Prong. Next week, we'll have one Christmas Eve service at 10 a.m. Come and join us as we worship the risen King. Have a great week.